The following podcast contains subject matter that cannot be named. Discussion includes adult language and metaphors that describe specific facets of an experience and are not intended to be extended. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Bernie McKnight, and it's Podcast 30. Makayo Usui spent 21 days on Mount Kurayama, meditating and reflecting, and at the end of this time, he remembered the truth. And after he had this memory, he ran down the mountain in excitement, and on his way, he stubbed his toe. And as one does when one stubs their toe, he put his hands on the part that hurt. And that's the first time Reiki was offered through the hands. As beings, we instinctively place our hands on parts that hurt, whether it's a part that's in pain or a person who's going through a hard time. We want to touch the things that aren't in order. There's no definitive right way of how to offer Reiki, but there are some guidelines to help the practitioner to take their mind off of what am I supposed to do with my hands and simply connect and be the vessel that they are. So some of the guidelines are to hold the hand with all fingers touching each other so that there's a little dip right in the middle of the palm that a small amount of water might be carried in and to place a hand in that shape on the body lightly, not to press down with a lot of force, but to simply relax and let the weight of the practitioner's presence be known. Different spots on the body are recommended for the hands to be placed upon, and this gives the practitioner something to do, and it also gives the person receiving an idea of what to expect. But all of that aside, no matter what shape your hands are in or where they are placed, Ricky that flows through a practitioner knows exactly where it needs to go and what it needs to work on and does its work no matter where the practitioner's hands are placed or what the practitioner's mindset is. There are different rituals a practitioner can go through before offering Reiki that can help them to get centered and to help them be more comfortable during the practice. Any kind of ritual or recipe one follows when practicing Reiki doesn't affect the efficacy of the energy It simply affects how those who are engaged in the practice feel. One issue that comes up time and time again is whether or not a practitioner should have their eyes closed while offering Reiki. Ultimately, it comes down to the fact that it doesn't matter. Some people enjoy offering Reiki with eyes closed. Others, like myself, prefer to keep the eyes open I keep my eyes open, especially when offering Reiki to others, because I get a little seasick when my eyes are closed and the energy is flowing through me. So I keep my eyes open to steady myself and to stay grounded. When I offer Reiki to myself, I experiment with keeping my eyes open and closing them shut. 
It's easier for me to stay present if my eyes are open and I can focus on a gazing point. When I close my eyes, that's when my imagination starts to go to work. And I know that the Reiki is working whether or not I have a focused mind or a wandering mind. But since I'm doing Reiki every day of my life, I've got plenty of time to play around and see what happens when I try different techniques. When I practice Reiki with my eyes open, I have an easier time noticing the sensations in my body. I can watch my body start to feel a certain way, engage in that feeling, and then the feeling lightening up and disappearing. It's also easier for me to experiment what it feels like when I move my hands from a spot when sensation hasn't finished yet. When I close my eyes while I'm offering Reiki, I get a chance to watch myself imagine. When I have my eyes closed during my Reiki practice, I'm imagining not to create something or to figure something out, but I get to see one thought turn into another. It's a place where I can let my imagination run wild and not try to come up with a specific outcome and not try to end my thoughts once I notice I'm thinking, but to allow myself to actively engage in the act of thinking. And I get a chance to see how my thoughts are formed and the connections that I make between them. And no matter how I practice, I know that as long as I practice, the Reiki is working. There's no wrong way to do your practice. Sometimes that lack of boundaries can make a practitioner feel out of control. And so sometimes it's useful to strictly follow certain guidelines. And sometimes it's useful to experiment with the infinite number of ways a practice can take shape. All that really matters is that the practice is done. Thanks for listening. For more, please visit BernieMcKnight.com.